Hello and welcome to Hiring Advantage, the podcast for all things hiring, recruitment, and growing your business beyond your wildest dreams. I'm Chrissy, a hiring and recruitment professional with 12 years experience, who has had enough of seeing small businesses feeling overwhelmed and struggling to find the right talent. If you're ready to learn how to hire and retain your dream employees, as well as what not to do, you're in the right place. So let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to Hiring Advantage. I'm Chrissy and I'm your hiring guru here to talk about all the steps in the hiring process and get you feeling super confident and super pumped and hyped up to hire your dream team. Woohoo! With these early episodes, I really want to focus on the why, the how, the what, and to get you feeling really confident on what you need to do. And this is really important, especially if it's the first time that you're hiring or you just want to tweak your hiring processes. We really talk about how you know when you're ready to hire. I've got an amazing accountant coming on to talk about financials and making sure you feel really secure. But let's say there's just you in your business or there's a few of you in your business and you know that you need to hire. What do you do? What first steps do you take before you go out to market? How do you break that down? Now, I want to talk you through what I advise my clients on and then what I've done for my business and then what I've also done for big corporates when essentially designing roles and designing their team. I know that this can feel super overwhelming initially and I want to make it as easy and as simple as possible so we can look at a few different strategies and give you a sort of step-by-step process and then also explain where this first process planning and preparing and designing your roles where that fits into your overall hiring process firstly if we fan out and we look at what the steps are in your hiring process I'm not talking about once you've hired I'm I'm literally talking to get you to an offer induction onboarding is a huge topic and we're not going to touch on that but from the point where you realize you've got a gap you're growing or someone's left you need to hire the role and then you need to get them to offer stage We're, we're talking about the planning and preparing and understanding you've got a role that you need to hire and how to get started so if we look at it in five steps as a really high level overview. So this this is your first step. So this is planning and preparing and essentially role design. The next step after that, once you've done all of those bits, will be to advertise, source and start shortlisting. The next step will be to screen the applicants, right? So you've you've basically whittled down the people who are not suitable at all. You've got the remaining people and then you start to shortlist and screen. Then you have your interviews, of course, selection, and then you offer. So there's a few steps to go after this, but this first part, it takes time because there's a few little steps to it and it will, especially if it's your first time hiring, there are a few things you need to do. But the good news is you will get more experience and it will get quicker every time. Because it is a big topic, that's why I'm doing a whole episode on it. And look, we'll probably drill down to individual parts of that ready to hire understanding the role design in in more detail. So how do you know when you're ready to hire? I actually did a whole episode on this. I think it's episode, I want to say it's episode three. 
listen back to it. It's really valuable. It's a question I get all the time. How will I know when I'm ready to hire? What are the signs? How do I feel confident? So absolutely listen to that if you've not done yet. Being financially ready to hire, that's a huge question that I get all the time. Now, I've got a fabulous, as I said, I've got a fabulous accountant. So a lady called Vicky from Glide Accounting. She's coming on in a couple of weeks and she will give you her perspective on what she talks to her clients about. And it's it was such a fabulous conversation because we were so aligned. Um, But I highly recommend, and this is something I do, I have an accountant and I speak to them about that level of confidence of am I financially ready to hire is one thing, but also your nuts and bolts and the things that you need to know and the things that I am by no means an expert on and that I would always seek advice on. So payroll, (laughs) so payroll tax, understanding superannuation, understanding your tax requirements with your employees. To feel truly confident and to do hiring right, this is the stuff that you need to know. So once you've understood that you're ready to hire, that your business is in a good place, get confirmation from your accountant that you are financially ready to hire and that you have the appropriate system set up to onboard your employee and pay them. Very important. So payroll's huge. And good news is if you've already got an accounting system such as a Xero or a QuickBooks, those systems are perfectly adequate and, and completely appropriate to pay your staff. The next thing we're going to talk about is actually designing the role. So I I talk about this, I've got hiring guides and I'll add it to the show notes, but I call this role design. So what you need and how to attract who you want. So designing a role is, is really important here. So there's a few ways I do it. Like if you know that you're at the point where you need to hire and you need to get going and you really don't know where to start, I would recommend writing a list of all the tasks in your business and absolutely keep the list. It's a very useful resource. And then think about your role first. Now, I want you to think about this briefly because there's a big other step I want you to think about. So what I advise business owners to not do is to just think oh my gosh I've got a need oh my gosh I've got a hire and then go and do that it's really tempting I totally get it I was really ready to jump and get a VA a virtual assistant really early doors just because I was getting super overwhelmed and I needed to pull myself back and take stock of how I was spending my time and I actually went and put systems in first I totally understand the the need and appeal to do that but If you humor me, will you will and close your eyes if you can and you're not driving and really think about where your business is going, why you got into business and really what do you want your business to look like in one to two to three years time and what do you want your role to look like? So you think about you, you as CEO, how do you want to spend your time? When you're designing this vacancy in your team and this person to support you, it needs to be aligned to your business goals and it needs to support you getting to your role because there's no point in you starting up a business and spending all this time doing work that you don't want to do or doesn't make you happy. It is called work. It is called a job. It's not 
called lying on a sun lounger and drinking a martini. So sometimes we have to do little bits of work that are not our zone of genius. But if you are spending hours and hours on cleansing your inbox, for example, or marketing when it's not your bag or finances, it's not your thing and you never want to do it and you don't feel like you're good at it, maybe this is a task that you should not be doing. True CEOs are not in the weeds of their business. They have an oversight role. They are the visionaries. They sign off on the people below them who are experts doing that work. So just have that in the back of your mind when you're designing your role. So back to role design, (laughs) a little bit of a segue there. Back to role design. So if you've written a list of all the tasks that you do in your business, see if you can then see some patterns. Is there a resource gap in your business? Is there a clear job left over on this list? The next thing you need to think about is, does the role make sense? So I know it can be really tempting to sort of write like essentially a shit list of all the stuff you want off your plate. But no one's going to want that job. It's not appealing. Your job that you're going to advertise, it needs to be an appealing, well-rounded role. You're going to have a really tough time attracting the best applicants if you make a shit list of all the tasks that you don't enjoy. The role needs to be well-rounded. It needs to be fun. It needs to have selling points. And it needs to be a particular skill set, right? So you can't have a, a hybrid, you can't have someone who's a hybrid chef and a waiter if you're in a restaurant you can't have a mechanic who's also a hairdresser like it just doesn't make any sense right so we look at if we take an example of online business someone who's got huge creative flair and is a creative so maybe say a graphic designer for example they're potentially not going to be really strong in finance or sales they, may, they won't have any qualifications for it if it's not their career path and trajectory. And it's probably not going to be where they excel. So if you're seeing gaps that are completely separate, this could be two roles and you need to think about what is most important and what's going to get you, what's going to propel you forward and make you more money. So we grow our teams to make more money, essentially. Let's not forget that. So you start designing that role. Also do research once you've got a loose idea. So let's say that the things that are taking up a lot of time in your business and commonly it's some sort of administrative tasks. The first time you you hire, it might not necessarily be, it might be getting extra support with clients, but let's say they're all administrative tasks. I want you to go and research all the similar jobs. And you can do this by looking at your job board. So looking at Seek and looking at Indeed and seeing adverts there and literally Googling job descriptions for equivalent. Or if you've got a collaborator or a business buddy who's in a similar industry to you, get up, get your hands on their job descriptions. I'm sure they won't mind, but ultimately, you know, put your spin on it and make it yours. A job description is not an advert, by the way. So it really is, A job description is more flushed out than an advert. I still have sections in my job description that are really high vibe and talk about the business and the context of where this person fits in and sort of clients that you look after. But it also needs to be a lot more granular in terms of tasks. 
you're not, it's not as much of a sell, although it needs to leave people feeling really good because they need to be excited about their jobs. But it does it does need to be a reasonably detailed document. And a job description is also a legal document. So you can also want to employ someone, you can use the job description to hold them to account on tasks. So for example, if you've got a task in there that says must communicate to deadlines and you it's very prescriptive if they're continuously not meeting their deadlines it's something you can have a conversation about and you know it's literally a part of the job design and roles and then the next step is fair work so fair work is really important you are going to take a trip to fair work the good news is about two three months ago they had a big refresh of their website and it's a lot more user-friendly but there's certain things that you need from Fair Work and I'm going to break it down for you. So really important is you understand when you design the role, what capacity are you going to bring this person in as? And I'm assuming here that you're not outsourcing the role. So you're not getting a third party provider to look after this work for you. Although maybe you are, but then you can kind of skip the Fair Work pieces, right? You're hiring an outsource provider. So a good example of this is a social media manager or a VA. And they're other companies that are literally doing a ring fence piece of work for you. And then you don't have all the employment obligations that you do when you're hiring your very own team member. So let's just be really clear. A subcontractor or an outsource worker is not a part of your team. They are not your employee. They might feel like a part of your team, but they're not your employee, right? So very important that we clarify on that. If you are hiring an employee and that can be a permanent employee, permanent employees can be full-time or part-time, or you are hiring a casual employee, you need to understand what requirements there are with that engagement type. So when we think of employees, they have a certain amount of holidays. They're required to have super. They're required to have sick leave. They've got certain rights and responsibilities in terms of notice periods, and you have certain commitments to them. Casual employees, you also pay them super, but the hours are more flexible. The notice period is more flexible as well. They are easier to bring on to some extent and they are easier to end their employment of. Long term, you want to be working towards employees. Again, we'll go into that in more detail another time. But what's really important is to understand what obligations you have and to understand what employment type is right for your business. The next thing you look need to look at is awards. So once you understand what the job type is that you're going to hire, you need to understand the award rate that you're going to pay them and make sure that you're meeting those obligations. And then I would also just make sure you're doing some general reading. Again, Fair Work has massively updated its website on what your obligations are. And then once you've done all this, I probably wouldn't pass your accountant again, right? So just say, okay, this is the award type. This is how we're bringing them on. Make sure you're really aligned. They'll be really confident with this. And that way you know that you've ticked all your boxes, you've done everything right, and you're on track to hiring that person. Knowing what to pay them, really important. Now you're going to be guided by the award rates. 
a lot of the time you're going to be in something similar to, and this will depend on the state in Australia in, but something like a miscellaneous award. Now, you get what you pay for, right? I, I really believe that to some extent with your resources. So I, I do not recommend for people to pay the minimum hourly rate or minimum salary required for a role, especially if you're going to pro-rata them and bring them down to part-time hours. It's not attractive on your advert if you're paying the bare minimum. You don't have to pay the same as what a big massive corporate was. That's not going to make sense for your business, but you do need to pay people a fair rate. Now, I will not work with clients if I do not feel they're paying market rate for their roles. Like it's just a hard no for me because I will not attract the right people. So please understand that you can be cost effective to your business, but you need to pay people appropriately and fairly. You're not needing to pay the biggest salary out there. You can attract them in other ways. I actually have a whole other episode on attraction, of course, but and, and for a lot of people, pay is not the number one, but people want to make sure that they want to be paid fairly and in line with market. So the ways that you can, in addition to award rate, understand market rate is one, go on the job, go back to the job boards and look at what they're paying them. So look at what the adverts that is very similar to yours are paying. The team should get a good understanding of what's market there. And then also... The big recruitment agencies, so think Hayes, everyone knows Hayes, right? Um, think Michael Page, think Robert Walters. And you you almost likely know recruitment agencies in your industry. They will quite often have annual salary surveys that come out. Now, this is probably going to coincide quite nicely with this episode, but they typically come out at the end of financial year or the start of the new financial year. So they literally survey and build salary data on all of their placements and interview their clients. And you can get that for free typically. And it's really, really valuable. And usually they have information for both hourly rates and salary. So very important to make sure that you're paying the right dollars. Once you understand where your monies are, you've designed your role, you feel ready, your finances are ready. It's strategic and fits in with your vision then you want to start thinking about writing a job description. So I touched on this, but a job description is a legal document that explains what someone's role is, where they fit into the context of the company and the company. So if you go from top to bottom, I would always have a section at the top of your job description. So of course you're going to have the role title, the name of your business, whether it's full-time or part-time and the agreement type on the, the front of it. And then I would have an overview of your company. So how it started, where it's at, what sort of set clients it services. You can even have a section on your clients. If you're really client facing, especially if you're B2B, it can be really useful. And then paint a picture of where this role fits into and who it reports into. Sometimes you'll actually have who the role reports into on the front of the job description. Then you're going to have an, like a high level blurb about the role. Then you're going to have the tasks the person's going to perform. And then you're going to have a little bit about the person's skill set. I also really highly recommend, and, and similar to your advert, writing a really high vibe section of what's really exciting about your company and, and this role as well. So this is not an advert. This is not to hook your applicant and sell them in but it is a document that you may give them 
while you're still recruiting them. So they need to read it and be really, really excited about the role. I highly recommend building a branded job description template. Again, once you've done it once, you can tweak it for all of your future jobs with your different sections that we talked about. The next thing that you will need to do is work out what your sourcing process is. That's for another time. (laughs) So we're going to talk about sourcing, advertising, all of those things. But essentially, if you've got all the way from crap I need to hire or or, yay, I need to hire as it should be, (laughs) right to designing a job description, I'm feeling really confident that it is your first big step and big big hurdle over and arguably one of the hardest so congratulations i love dissecting job descriptions it's one of my faves so i am here for you if you need a second pair of eyes i do free hiring strategy calls and love to talk hiring process i can also chat to you about services and how i can support you i hope you found that useful just to recap on sort of our steps when it comes to that oh my God, I need to hire. What are my first steps? The first steps are in that step is the signs that you're ready to hire. Go back and watch the episode. Speak to your accountant to make sure that you're financially in a good place. Please listen out for the episode with Vicky that's coming up. I'll be sharing that on my Instagram. You need to start thinking about when you design this role, where does it fit into your future team? You need to design the role start doing research on it so loosely design it do your research on it you need to go to fair work and follow the steps there then you need to make sure that you're paying market rate and you do your research on finances and then you need to finalize your job description have a look in the show notes i'll break down the steps for you and there will be some resources coming out on this to help you out I hope you love this episode of Hiring Advantage and you feel ready to go get and hire and you know the first steps to follow. If you love this content, there is plenty more over at my Instagram account, which is at Hiring Advantage. And I always love to hear your feedback on these podcast episodes. So feel free to tag me in your stories and share your biggest takeaway or share with another boss babe who is looking to hire and grow their team. I would love to be their hiring support person. Until next time, happy hiring greens.